welcome to the Weight Solutions for Physicians podcast, the podcast that helps you find solutions for your weight concerns that will last a lifetime. You've got this. This podcast contains general educational information on weight loss for physicians. I am not providing medical advice and listening to this podcast does not create a physician-patient relationship. This podcast does not replace a need for consultation with a licensed professional and no information should be relied upon unless you have obtained specific advice or treatment from myself or another physician. Please review the terms and conditions located at www.weightsolutionsforphysicians.ca before continuing. Welcome to episode 77 of the Weight Solutions for Physicians podcast. I'm your host, Siobhan Key. Thanks for joining me today. If this is your first time listening to this podcast, let me introduce myself. I am a weight loss coach for physicians, and my passion is helping physicians who struggle with emotional eating or binge eating learn to take back control where they have a confidence in how they eat and a confidence knowing that they can eat the way that they want to, that the food doesn't have to control them anymore. I also am a practicing family physician and an obesity medicine physician. So I bring to my coaching into this podcast, both my coaching skills that I've learned through certification as a life coach, but also my scientific knowledge and clinical experience through my obesity medicine. I also bring my personal experience, the reason why I hunted for these skills that I now teach you is that I struggled for years and years with my weight and I knew what I should be doing, but I just couldn't get myself to actually do it. I would start and then I would have a busy day or stressful day and I would go back to old habits and I was so frustrated with myself that I just kept trying to find an answer. And now that I've figured out tools that actually work and actually last, I don't want any of you to have to go through that endless suffering like what I did. I think these are really applicable and really powerful tools. They're not what we learn in medical school. And that's why I'm teaching them to you in this podcast. And for those of you who want to have a deeper dive and get more of that personalized attention, that's what I do on my with my one-to-one coaching. Uh, If you are interested in getting that personalized attention and really getting that extra level of support to help you figure this out for the last time, then make sure that you head over to the website, weightsolutionsforphysicians.ca, click on the work with me tab and book a free introductory session. That gives you a chance to talk to me one-on-one. We can talk about what you personally are experiencing and where your struggles are, and I can let you know how I can help you and what we could do to help take some of that struggle away. The website is weightsolutionsforphysicians.ca and click on the work with me tab. While you're over there, make sure you sign up for the free e-course, which is called Time-Saving Tips to End Binge and Stress Eating. I really am proud of this course. I think there's so much good stuff in it. It's totally free. You just, when you're on the website, weightsolutionsforphysicians.ca forward slash time-saving tips, you can sign up for it. It gets delivered to your email box. It's a series of videos as well as a series of supportive emails and a bonus workbook. There's a ton of stuff in this uh, in this free course. And I'm getting really good feedback from the people that are doing it, that they're finding it really helpful and really applicable to their busy life. So make sure you check that out. If you're not online and you want an easier way to sign up, text the word time-saving tips. So that's all one word, time-saving tips to 1-855-969-5300. And it'll get emailed to you through that. 
All right. Let me know how it works for you too. I really like hearing back when you guys are using this stuff like the podcast or these free courses and let me know how it works and what was really helpful for you. All right. So today we are talking about pain. Now, this is a topic that I think is really important to talk about the overlap between pain and weight or pain and eating. And so I'm going to give you my best tips today about if you struggle with pain, if pain is a regular experience for you, how to manage it so that it doesn't have to mean that you end up overeating. You don't have to end up going off plan with your food. Now, this is a bit of a personal topic for me. And honestly, this episode is one I've been contemplating recording, but I was kind of avoiding it as well, because this is still very fresh for me in my own pain experience. And it's something that I honestly, I don't have 100% figured out. Not sure when I will 100% figure it out. But all the tools that we've talked about through this podcast, all the tools that I talk about with weight are applicable for pain too. And so my current approach is that I'm using the tools to the best of my ability and I'm figuring it out. And I want to say uh, that I recognize everybody's pain experience is different. I recognize that by no means am I saying that my pain experience is the worst it could be or the most disruptive. Um, I know there's lots of people out there that have worse pain experiences and, you know, longer term pain. But I do think it's useful that I can speak from fairly fresh experience with having pain that just didn't used to exist. And now it does on a daily and round the clock basis. And honestly, it's been a challenge. It's a new thing I didn't really ever think I'd have in my life. I'm still hopeful that it won't always be here. uh, But it's something that I've had to adjust to and kind of figure out. Um, Chronic pain and the overlap with eating and obesity has been an interest of mine in my uh, obesity medicine practice. It's something I talk about a lot with my patients about chronic pain and how it can impact eating. And I think it's honestly makes sense that they're linked because in medicine, as you all know, we don't have a very good tool for chronic pain. We've got lots of multidisciplinary things that can help, but it's not like we have the one magic bullet that takes pain away. Most of the tools are about managing the pain and improving function rather than making somebody pain-free. So it makes sense that our brains then search for other things that will help. And it makes sense that because food is so easily available and the food that generates dopamine in our brains, which give us that momentary relief, are so easily available, that it makes sense that that's what we end up searching for. It makes sense that in the evening or the middle of the night, if you're in pain, the easiest way to access some form of relief is through eating. And I think that can be a very easy habit and coping mechanism to get into. And I think it can create eating issues for people, even if they might not have had it. Like if somebody's not struggled with their eating and suddenly develops chronic pain, I've met lots of people where the onset of their weight issues was when they developed the chronic pain and they couldn't do their normal activities. Plus, they're trying to find a way to just feel better. And food offered that, however short term it offered that. So just a bit of my story. 
I've had like a bit of back pain ever since having my twins and that doesn't usually stop me occasionally it flares up and gives me you know some days or weeks of being like really spasmy type back but I can still do most of my stuff and most importantly I can still generally sleep I can't even remember when this started but I know just before our spring break which also was just before COVID really got going in Canada and where everything our schedules and lives changed all of a sudden uh, is when it started to get bad because I was still running and running as you If you've listened to this, you know running is really important to me for my mental health. Uh, I was running and it wasn't making it worse. Um, It felt fine while I was running. Uh, But I did a run and then just thought, you know what, maybe I need to take a break from running just to see if maybe running's keeping it bothering me. And then sometime after that is when it actually got worse to the point of interrupting my sleep and making it difficult to fall asleep, making it difficult to find a comfortable rest position and really limiting my movement. I look kind of like I'm 80. Lots of people laugh at me, including my husband and family about how I move around right now. Um, And honestly, I think probably stopping the running and everything may have been the wrong decision because I just... It's like I just completely stiffened up and it got worse and developed a lot of neuropathic symptoms like sciatica into my right leg. And the biggest thing that I've struggled with, honestly, is a sleep disruption. I love to sleep. And through all of my weight loss and um, maintaining that weight loss and kind of figuring out how do I best function in my life, sleep is a cornerstone. I go to bed early in a normal life. I get up early so I can do my morning routine. And I know like if I consistently am missing kind of, you know, an hour of sleep, like going to bed a little bit later, it affects me and I feel it. Um, And so to have something that's consistently interrupting my sleep really, (laughs) really annoys me, uh, to put it mildly. And that's been the biggest struggle. And I think that's been the biggest struggle that then has led to some old habits with eating and things like that start to reemerge for me, especially when this pain was first started. Honestly, when the pain first started and I had those first nights where I was up in the middle of the night trying to stretch, trying to figure out something to just make it feel better, that week or so I reached the point where I didn't care what I ate. I just, I was so involved mentally with this pain experience that the maintaining my weight or taking her my body through eating just fell away and just couldn't hold a candle to what I was going through. And that's coming back around in that I've started to get back to some of my old habits. I think partly too, the other thing I struggled with is like I said, this pain started at the same time, all of our routines and schedules tipped upside down. And so I was left with this new pain that was really interrupting my life is what it felt like. And also then my routines were nowhere to be found. (laughs) They were completely changed. And it took me a bit to get my feet back under me to figure out, okay, how does life look now? What, what do days look like? What do I want to still have in my routine? And if you haven't listened, um, to the podcast that I've been doing, there's bonus episodes that I've been doing about COVID related stresses. If you're struggling with that still, check in and listen to those episodes because I think they're very good um, 
I've been doing them with other physician coaches. So you get the benefit of my mindset and point of view, but also other uh, physician coaches who have a great level of experience as well. So the it's taken me a bit, but I'm starting to get back to what feels like a normal routine. And I think on I think the pain is getting mildly better, but it is still disruptive. I still know when I go to bed that I'm in for some pain before I can finally fall asleep. It, it escalates once I go to bed, which is kind of annoying. Um, anyways, but I've been paying attention to myself as I've walked this journey myself. I've been paying attention about what it's been like and what do I notice my brain wanting to do and what do I find helpful ways for my brain to act and think in this setting. And that's what I want to share with you today uh, because I think, yes, you know, it's easy to say, you know, you just have to watch how you think about pain, don't catastrophize, all those things that I think a lot of us are taught if we've done any chronic pain training. But it is a bit different when you've actually been through the experience of having an unrelenting pain that has no signs of getting better anytime soon. Uh, I've been able to learn a little bit more about how my brain actually behaves and watch it as from an observer. And I think it will hopefully be helpful for any of you out there who are experiencing pain and find that it impacts your weight or your eating. Okay, so let's start with number one. Regardless of what happens, what you've eaten, what you've done, treat yourself with compassion. Especially if pain is new or if you've had pain and, you know, you have a particularly painful day and you end up eating things you didn't plan on, treat yourself with compassion. Recognize what is driving that is that your brain is just looking for some relief and Except that at times it's okay if that's the relief that you choose. I really think it's important to keep that choice piece in it. So it's easy when you're in pain to think I have no choice but to eat this food or I have to just try this or I just don't care. All those types of thoughts that are quite disempowering versus if you go, you know what, today's been a really crappy day. I have hurt all day long and I just really want to eat X, Y, or Z and I'm going to make the choice to eat it. That is a much more empowering way of thinking about it and lets you hold the power. Now, some people worry that compassion leads to permissiveness, and I don't think it has to. So I'm not saying every time you're in pain, be compassionate with yourself and let yourself eat. I don't think that really is helpful either. But if there's times where you just feel like your only choice is to have something to eat to try to feel better be compassionate about the fact that you made that choice will put you in a better position to make a different choice the next time. Because the reality is when you're trying to lose weight or if you're trying to maintain your weight loss, one decision does not undo you. So making that one choice to engage in food you don't normally eat does not end up creating problems for you or changing your weight. The problem lies in that when we make that one decision and then we think thoughts that make it easier to keep making the decision. So if you're doing this and being compassionate, maybe part of your compassionate approach is like, okay, right now I'm eating to manage this pain because I can't really think of anything else. But what can I do after I finish eating that may help the pain? Is it go have a bath? Is it meditate? Is it go for a bit of a walk? Um, I know for myself, 
walking seems to help. And so I have been out there after midnight with all the lights I'd normally wear when I'm running early in the morning, out walking just to try to loosen it up and make it comfy so I can, well, more comfy, so I can go to sleep when I get back to the house. But thinking through, okay, if you are eating, what else could you do afterwards that might make things a little bit better in the moments afterwards? Biggest thing is don't beat yourself up. You're going through a tough enough thing. Beating yourself up will only make it worse. Be compassionate and curious so you can start figuring out other alternatives. I think the second thing is recognizing what food can and can't do. Again, our brains think of food as relief. And because they think in that moment, in that momentary time that that relief is true, but they don't see that moments later that relief is gone. So you may need to do a bit of thinking with yourself about what does food actually do? When you do decide to eat to try to make yourself feel better, how much benefit does it actually give you? How long of benefit do you get from that? And really thinking through what can food do and what can't it do? So yes, it is 100% true that food can give you momentarily momentary pleasure. What is not true is that food makes your pain better because in that moment that you're having pleasure, you still are experiencing pain. It's more of a distraction. So food can be a distraction, but it's a very short-lived distraction. Food does not make the pain better. Food does not make the pain less a half hour from now. Food doesn't actually help you cope better with the pain. Like I said, it's distracting you, but it's not improving your coping abilities with that pain. Um, And so really ask yourself, like, when I choose to use food, and, and when I think about this, I think of food as a substance that you're choosing to use, just like if I choose to take a Tylenol or if I choose to take a muscle relaxant. When I choose to use food, what can I expect of it? And what would be unrealistic for me to expect of it? Um, And, you know, really work through that to make it clear for yourself. Because if you don't work through this, then that piece of your brain that's constantly seeking the pleasure from food is going to tell you stories that have you keep eating, even when the eating doesn't actually do anything anymore. Sometimes, and I've totally, I've experienced this and I've actually talked about it a while ago on the podcast, is there are times where maybe you just need to feel a little bit sad that food can't fix it. And maybe you just need to sit with that. Like, I wish eating something would make me feel comfortable right now, but it just can't do that. And I feel sad and I'm just going to experience that sadness. Or, you know, maybe it's I wish something would make me feel better. And right now there's nothing that will. And just sitting with that experience of that emotion Because the other piece that food tricks us up is that it seems to be a way to process the emotions that the chronic pain creates. And again, it's not a very good tool for that. It lets you escape and distract from the emotions. But that anger, that sadness, that fear, all of those emotions that can come with having chronic pain are still there. And the better route is just sitting and experiencing the emotion And again, being compassionate with yourself and okay that that's what you are currently experiencing. Okay that right now, and I had this yesterday, the day felt okay. I'd actually gotten a fair bit done in the scheme of 
what I've been able to do lately. I'd spent the day um, trying to get my children to clean their room too, which that was less rewarding than the things I did myself. But I went for a walk in the afternoon and I realized I was feeling just a little sad. And I it took me through the walk to figure out why, like, why am I feeling sad? I should feel accomplished. Like I got a bunch of stuff cleaned out and, you know, a bunch of things off my to-do list. And what I realized is after lunch, I'd felt a bit sleepy and I thought, you know what, I'm going to lay down and have a nap since I've gotten so much done. And I couldn't nap. I laid down and I was just uncomfortable and I couldn't actually settle to have a nap. And I think that's what had me feeling sad later in the day. And so I just had to accept that yesterday evening, I was just a little bit sad. And that that's part of walking this pain journey is that there's days where I might be frustrated or sad and I just have to experience that because the food won't take that away. The food will numb it briefly, but that negative emotion, that sadness remains. There's no way to get through that negative emotion quicker than just sitting and experiencing it. Okay, number three is don't seek relief constantly. So this is easier said than done. When you are in significant pain, our brain just wants to get away from it, right? Our brain just wants to be removed from the source of the pain and get back to safety. Because if we think of pain from an evolutionary standpoint, pain signifies damage and risk. And so when we experience it, our beings want to get away. You feel a lot of a drive to escape the pain and that's normal. The problem is, is when pain goes from acute pain, like I put my hand on a hot stove and these reflexes make me pull my hand away to a chronic pain, which is day in and day night, or day in and day out, you are experiencing pain. That urge to seek relief and that urge to escape doesn't help. And the reality of chronic pain is that there is no perfect relief. So Often that urge to seek relief ends up with your head spinning and essentially obsessing about the pain um, without really having a good outcome. And I have been there. I I think of, um, from my running, I think of pain cave. Like there's times where in a race or in a hard workout, you're just in your pain cave where it's what you're doing is uncomfortable and it's really not fun at that moment and you just have to stay in it and get through it. The nice thing with that is there's always an uh, end date, right? Like a workout will end, a race will end. The problem with chronic pain when you're in your pain cave is there is no necessary end to it. And I've been there where I've had days where I just feel in this cave of pain where it's hard to think about anything else other than seeking some form of relief and to the point of feeling desperate. But the problem is, is then that lets, so that seeking relief lets your brain focus solely on the pain and what we focus on grows. So if all you're thinking about is the pain, your pain experience will be different compared to if you're thinking about other things and focusing on other things while experiencing the same pain. So I've had to work on this because I've 
<laughs> went through, you know, I've been on the YouTube videos trying to find like the stretch that's going to make this better. Um, you know, doing self massage trigger point stuff, everything to try to find the thing. But what I'm working on is acceptance that that thing doesn't exist. That thing may be time. It may be that all I need is weeks and weeks of time for this to eventually go away where it's not going to bother me. But my likelihood of actually finding something in a given day that makes me pain free is about zero is what I've come to. So I've had to coach myself to stop seeking relief. And when I catch my brain getting into that, like panicked, like, okay, what else could I do? What what else could I make this feel better? I'm working on pulling myself back to just acceptance that right now there isn't anything. And right now this is just the way it is. And it may sound like that's a challenging way to look at it, but I really think acceptance is powerful. And accepting that this is just how it is right now, I think can be a really powerful place to be when you're experiencing pain. Which brings us to number four, which is using mindfulness. So being in the pain in the moment, which if you've been experiencing pain for a long time, that can seem very scary. And you may really not want to actually attend the pain and experience it in the moment. Uh, But what I can tell you is there is very good evidence for using mindfulness with chronic pain as a good tool for helping people with their pain. And from a personal experience, those nights where I was awake and unable to sleep and just wishing the pain would disappear, which is kind of back to tip number three, when I was able to shift my mind to say, you know what, I'm just experiencing the pain as it is in this very moment. So not letting my brain catastrophize about whether it will be there in the next moment or for the rest of the night or for months afterwards. As you know, once your brain gets going, it can amplify it a lot and give you all sorts of worst case scenarios, especially in the middle of the night. So sitting there in the moment and going, I'm just going to experience my pain the way it is right now in this moment actually gave me some relief because what I found is the pain that felt like it was constant when I was actually looking at it moment to moment, there were some tiny little breaks in there. There were some momentary breaks in the pain experience where the pain eased and then it might come back. But if all I had to do was experience it in that moment and not worry about if it would be there for the next moment, it settles my mind down and it lets me have more I guess more relief, though I don't think relief is the best term, but probably coping. It lets me cope with that pain far better. And this is similar to what we've talked about, about negative emotions and everything like that, where it can feel very scary to sit with something like pain or like a negative emotion when you're not used to or when you've spent a lot of time thinking about how bad it might be if you were to actually experience it. But when you actually sit with it and experience it, it's usually far less difficult and less extreme than what you're picturing it. So if you've never done this, I would encourage you to do it. Just sit with it and just be, I'm just focusing on this moment of pain 
and maybe ask yourself to see, you know, are there moments where the pain intensity drops just a little bit, where you have that momentary little relief before it comes back? And look for things like that, and it, it does make it easier to cope. So let's go back and summarize. Number one would be be compassionate with yourself about whatever's happened. Recognize that this is a challenge that your brain is trying to actively find solutions for. Sometimes those solutions might be food. It doesn't mean it always will have to be that way. But if that's where you're at right now, be compassionate and curious as you figure out other methods. Number two, recognize what food can and can't do for you. Recognize whether it's realistic to expect them the food to help with uh, the pain that you're experiencing. And sometimes be okay with that. You wish it would do more than what it does and be ready to kind of sit with that disappointment, basically. Number three, watch your brain for seeking relief behavior. So if it's constantly just seeking something that will give you relief, that's going to set you up for some troubles with eating or potentially other substances, right? It could be alcohol. There's lots of other things that our brains will turn to to try to cope with pain. And work more on the acceptance that maybe right now there isn't anything that offers more relief than what you currently have. And maybe that's just the way it is. Number four is work with mindfulness, work on being present in the moment of the pain and not worry or try to predict what the pain is going to be like in your next moment. See if you can find those little glimmers of relief where you get a brief little bit that the the pain dies off a little bit before it comes back and enjoy those moments because you're actually in them and you're present for those moments of relief. All right, so like I said, this is an evolving thing for me. It's a new experience that I've had. Um, and let me know how these tips work for you or what your thoughts. If you have other ways that you've come up with that help you cope with your pain, let me know. I'd love to hear them. Email is info at weightsolutionsforphysicians.ca. Please remember to hit the subscribe button on whichever podcast platform you're listening to this podcast on and share it with some friends, especially if you have friends that deal with the pain and you think this would be helpful for them, uh, pass it on so that they can hopefully get some benefit too. All right, we'll talk to you later, guys. Have a fantastic week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.